listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 532. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we return to the Netflix Norwegian fantasy series, Ragnarok, for a look at its third and final season. So, uh, it's been a while. Um, I don't, I, I, like I said last week, I don't know why it took two years to get this done, because I'm thinking like, all right, well, COVID, well, okay, Yes, but it got renewed late 2021. And then I'm thinking like, right. oh, writer's strike. No, wait a minute. There was no writer's strike. Yeah, so I, whatever. I don't know why it took over two years to release. Well, did the international writers uh, you know, show solidarity with the Americans? And I don't well, in, in some countries, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I'd read. I think it's in England. It's illegal for the writers to show solidarity with strikers in other countries. So mm. I get, and, and that's, I guess one reason that the, the British shows, you know, stayed in production yeah. and, and I guess sure. in a lot of other European countries, but uh, anyway, um, reminder, we typically record on Monday. So any feedback's got to be in Sunday, 6 PM Eastern time. Audio feedback has a six minute time limit. All right, um, why don't we go ahead and jump to tip of the week, what we're watching, and uh, I'll go first this time. All right, now, go for so it. So I don't know if you've noticed on your Netflix feed a series called Bodies. Dude, oh my God, I can't wait to start watching that. All right, I watched the first episode last night. It is a British thriller multiple timeline crime drama so i don't want to give too much away you know heck the the little write-up on your netflix feed gives more away than yeah i watched like the trailer or like the first i I started watching the trailer and then realized that they were telling me a lot more than i really wanted to hear they had already got me but then they just kept going and telling me more and i'm like no i don't want to hear anymore (laughs) like you just shut it off right that looks really yeah, good. Yeah, so the first episode was was really good. Um, I'm not even going to mention the the you know what the different timelines are because that is well they tell you in the trailer though. They too. tell you which years they are. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, did, I guess I didn't watch yeah. the trailer. Which is uh, that's where I, I cut it up because I'm like I'm I feel like I feel like I don't want to know all this. You know, like I feel like they're telling me too much. You definitely sold me. Like in the first five seconds of this trailer. Now, why are you going and telling me more about this? I don't want to know all right. this. Yeah, so. Well, I know you're going to recognize somebody in it, which I'll, I'll mention in a second. But uh, there's been a lot of chatter about Andor on the podcast, in the Facebook group. Um, yeah, I'm seeing Alan it. in Minnesota even made th- this generous offer to me that, you know, hey, he'll pay for a month for me to binge it. <laughs> All right. So, you know, I mentioned last time that, that I was over to friends and I saw the first episode. Let's just say I have my ways. So uh, I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, I may or may not have, you know, managed. Well, you just brought over a bowl of popcorn and you sat at your friend's house and he has Disney Plus. So you sat there eating popcorn and watching Disney okay, Plus. Okay, right. But uh, but that's fine. But in the, that's our story. We're in the interim, it. I have now seen through episode nine. Now, okay. let me say, I do like it. There, there's no question. It, it, no, it's, it doesn't sound good, it's, though. Well, no, no, no I, I do like it. And, you know, on the one hand, it's still Star Wars universe, which still there's things that, that really kind of 
turn me off about it. But, you know, it, it certainly is a, for me personally, a huge improvement over, you know, the Star Wars movies. And, and I haven't really seen any of the other Star Wars uh, series. But obviously, I really like the character of Cassian Andor. And, and, and for me, mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest selling point is that, you know, he's kind of a bad guy. But you try to make excuses. Well, okay, he he did this because of that. And I don't want to get too far. You know, it's like, you know, certain things that if you've seen the series, then obviously you'll know what the vague plot points I'm hinting at. You know, the, the, the event in episode one that causes everybody to be on the lookout for Cassian Andor. I mean, is that his fault? Yeah, kinda. You know, he had other options. He just chose to take this path. Yeah. So when we first see Cassian Andor in Rogue One, he does something very, very morally questionable. So, like, if you've seen Rogue One, it's like that. The first episode is, is zero surprise whatsoever because it's just completely in line with the type of character he is. But you're right. He is, you know, he's a classic anti-hero, right? He he he's not he's not a good guy, but he's not really a bad guy either. But he is a bad guy. But I don't care. I like him anyway. Well, he's a he's he might be a a bad guy. He's not a bad guy. right. I know what you're saying. But the, yeah. as you said, he he's kind of the the classic anti-hero. But then I guess when I look at the series thus far nine episodes in of 12 um okay it's i couldn't remember how many yeah when you said you're on nine i was like i I can't remember how many. yeah there's 12 so you know it's it's it's, that's that's a that's a wealth (laughs) it's a wealth of star wars episodes in one series you know it's your classic heist movie it's now your classic prison escape movie it's your rebellion movie and Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you know, okay, those are all fine. At, at what point is my suspension of disbelief that now there's no effing way they can get out of this one? But uh, whatever they do, and 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 that's fine. So I get, I guess, at the end of the day, I'm I'm clearly going to finish. I I I really like it. The funny, the the character I dislike the most, and I'm probably not alone, is is the dude that. Um, investigates that initial event again against the orders of his boss who just tells him just write it up he's everyone's least favorite character by far right but 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 not but like i like him though because he's a good like batty or like foil you know yeah but i'm just going to be really disappointed if he comes out like at all heroic and successful but uh, anyway but he's in bodies I'm I'm, okay. I'm watching ep- bodies and I'm like, wait a minute, IMDb, yeah, it is him. So anyway, uh, so let me stop there. Um, you know, like I said, I, I enjoy it, but it's not enough for me to get Disney Plus. I, I just like this guy is like a imperial. See, we see him at first. We think he might be like kind of a big wig imperial guy, but he's totally not. And then he has to go back to his mom and, and catch shit from his mom and everything like that was the, I, oh, I love that and his mom's a great actress she's she's phenomenal yeah. oh the acting um, is really good uh, yeah and Stellan Skarsgård is that he's 
that guy's the king. Sure. And 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 the uh I don't know any character's name other than Cassian and Bix. Uh the the blonde uh empire woman that's kinda in charge of the investigation at this point. You know who I mean? She's always got her hair pulled well, back. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well she was just in this this show that I saw maybe a couple weeks ago. I don't even remember if I I talked about it, um where she was a bad guy who, you know, well, okay, but it's understandable why she was a bad guy. But anyway, there, there's a lot of other people in it. Acting's great. So anyway, what do you got? So I know, I feel like you had talked about sex education a little bit, but that's, I started watching season four of Sex Education. And this is such a, that's just such a good show. You know, like, like the characters are so, like that's a, that's a, a that's a prime example of a show that has tons of characters in, but manages to pre, balance out all the stories equally. But I think they manage to check in enough with the characters that they can keep us invested in basically all the characters. I care for almost all the characters in this show, and they're not all great. Otis at times is terrible, like he is a horrible person sometimes. Yeah, no question. But still. You, know, you you got to root for the guy. We well, don't have to, but I do. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't know. Um, but one thing, when I saw this, when I saw this 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 person in uh, in se- se- season four, I was just like, I heard the voice, and I'm like, oh my god, that is totally Hannah Gadsby. Um, and you might not know Hannah Gatsby, but they are a very, very, very funny comedian, Australian, and uh, they are the um, the the radio producer. Oh you, yes, you, yes, yeah, okay. That that so Jillian the, Anderson the goes boss, to work for. Yeah, Jillian Anderson's boss at the radio station. Yeah. Right, is Hannah Gatsby. They are just unbelievably hilarious. She's, I mean, she's pretty funny. And there, have you seen all of Sex Education? I have, yep. Okay, so there's like one scene in particular that is very, very funny uh, with Hannah Gadsby. But, um, you know, she's, they're not like the, as maybe hilarious as the, the stand up is, but pretty good. I was pretty psyched to see Hannah Gadsby in this. And, uh, and so even if everything else was not that great, I would think it was well worth the time watching it but it is great the writing's awesome the actors are fabulous uh the, the characters are all mostly likable and even the characters that aren't likable in some ways they are likable and even the characters are supposed to like in some ways we don't um even even Maeve's brother sean i kind of like him and he's definitely probably the worst person in the show of course but so, when you learn about their life as children growing up no right. wonder yeah exactly the exactly. fact that she is as she is is remarkable remarkable yes 100 percent. so yeah All so right. uh so yeah great and uh you know and jillian anderson uh you know is awesome not still you know not completely 100 percent used to the british accent but she pulls it off pretty well and i know she is like partly british right like one of her parents is or something ah, i forget her and she i don't she i think she lived in england for a while I, yeah i'm not yeah. sure so um, but I mean, she's great. Her, the, the late player, her sister is hilarious. Awesome. Asa Butterfield, fabulous. And of course, Judy Gatwa steals every single scene he's in. I absolutely cannot wait to see him as Dr. Who. 
you know, I just, I can't wait for them to be on, on screen again. When I'm watching sex education. I'm like, where is Eric? They need to get Eric back in here because he's just, he's fabulous. He's, he, oh my God, as an actor, he is just out of this world. He's just, his, his character, because, you know, like one play, he plays, Eric is very like flamboyant a lot of times, but also there's like so many nuances to him. And we see often the, um, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the guy underneath of, of all the, you know, like that a lot of times his, his outgoing personality, we can see how it kind of hides a little bit. Sometimes a, a person who's maybe not so sure of himself inside. So, um, yeah, it's just great. Love yep. it. Okay. Looking forward to Dr. Who. Absolutely. He's going to be so good. I can't wait yeah, to see so. him as Dr. Who. And I think we're all cautiously optimistic that the scripts will improve for his run. And yeah. So, yeah. All right. You want to get to Ragnarok? Yeah, might as well. What are we? Like 13 minutes in, so sure. That's okay. All right. Season three, (laughs) episode one, titled War is Over, written by Adam Price and Emily Lebeck K, who wrote all of season two and all of season three, as it turns out. Directed by Mogens Hagedorn, who in season one directed the first three, the first four in season two, and he directed all of them in season six. The entire season was released on Netflix August 24th, 2023. So let's go ahead and start with the elephant in the room. I know you loved all of the voiceover at the beginning of the episode. Dave, I can't say that I did. Oh, my God. I could say that I loathed it, but, you know. know? I I just don't understand. I I just (laughs) simply don't understand. I get a minute. Right. But. And I didn't look at the clock. I was going to look at it on my rewatch and and actually note how long the voiceover was. But I'll just leave it at that. I don't think you know how long it was, Dave. It was entirely too long. Yes. That's how long it was. So like, listen, I get a little bit of voiceover. And as Fred says, I get why they did it. They're basically catching us up so we don't have to go watch back and watch like the previous episode. But I'm like, you know what? I would rather go back and watch the previous episode than have to listen to 10 minutes on the front end and probably like another three minutes in the back end of freaking voiceover. All right. Now, look, I, I understand, it, you know, really, I get that nobody's done this, but what if they did this little thing where they say previously on Ragnarok? Right. Yeah. And then they have some intern edit together a few sequences. I know that's radical, but that's maybe what I would have thought of. But, but the, I mean, and you know, Netflix. And again, I guess did, did they? I mean, they they released it for Netflix, right? I mean, I know originally it was like an, another company, right? And Netflix picked it up, but I think by this season, right, it's being released for Netflix. But but Netflix has you can go and watch a you know catch up like three minute video they put together of what happened the previous season. Okay. I didn't so, even know that, that they did that for this one. Okay. Yeah. Cause there's extras. Um, actually, I, I, that's a good point. I don't know for, I'm pretty sure. I actually, I know they did. I know there is one, um, but they do that like for every show, just so exactly. If you don't want to go back and watch the previous season, they've put together a little compilation video for you to tell you what happened the previous season. And they even have one for the season before that. You can watch that. So, I mean, just, it really, really just 
a like when you notice it, then it's really bad. It's bad enough that I, and I'll admit it's probably like a nitpick of mine, and that maybe I'm a little oversensitive to voiceovers and everything like that. I find them by the lar- by by and large a very lazy way of getting information across that you could do easily in many a myriad of other ways uh, through dialogue, through visuals, right? Um, but then to have it go on for so long. Where now even a casual observer is going to be thinking, wow, this is really long. And all of our, both Alan and Fred commented on the length of the original voiceover. So, that, I mean, that's not good. That's just, that's, and, and the episode's only like 30 minutes. So I would hazard to guess at least a third of the episode was spent in voiceover. Yeah. Now, I guess to be fair, to be fair, it's possible. Because as you said, the episode at the heart was really only about 30 minutes. Why don't you just make the episode a little bit longer? And it could be budgetary. Their, their, you know, financial stake may have been really cut and this was the best they could do. This was, you know, in, in their mind, this was what we have to work with. So we don't know that. So or maybe it's because this episode goes to 11. Well, it could be. It could be. Um, I just watched the YouTube clip of, of that scene <laughs> where he's he's showing. Uh, uh, God, I can't think of the guy. Uh, it was, uh, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, his guitar, and then yeah. he, he shows him the amp. So the, the opening scene. You know, once we get past the the way too much voiceover, and we learn that Magna's decision to bring down the giants is through the legal system rather than with the hammer that sits on a shelf at home. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, right. Which is what what all the others say, right? They're like, dude. You're freaking Thor. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, he does have a girlfriend. He does finally have a girlfriend. Who sleeps over. Yeah. Uh So there is that. There is that. So. He's in high school, too. um, Yeah. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. My parents would. Let that fly when I was in high school. Well, we haven't said it for a while, but I guess that's what they do in Europe. Um, right. Yeah, true. True, true. Um, the other disappointment, and-, and well, I, listen, Before we go, just yeah. one thing just to say about that is like, so like the fact that Magna, uh, a, a high school student, thinks that he is going to somehow legally outwit the Udall Corporation with, you know, I mean, we know they have at least one highly paid lawyer, probably multiple ones, you know. Like, it just seems like the essence of folly. But on the other hand, it does speak to his commitment to, like, you know, to, to protect the Lawrence. Well, well, yeah. And, you know, once we see what's going on, you know, at, at the, the Udall homestead, and, and, of course, you know, we'll talk a little bit about Lawrence playing both sides and how that plays out and Sax's new fate. Um, we see her polishing her brother's boots, uh, you know, in that opening scene. But we do see how terrified they are of an angry Magna, which uh-huh. kind of surprised me a little bit because, you know, we saw the two of them fighting last season. So, But he's got Molnir now, though. He, do- he does. Yeah. Right. That hammer, they're scared shitless of that hammer. Yeah. So, you know, when we go back and re-examine 
the fact that he's trying to work through the legal system, as you point out, against all of these high-priced lawyers, uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But a promise is a promise, I suppose. And as you said, he's trying to protect his half-brother. And, you know, does his half-brother, does Lawrence deserve his brother caring about him yeah and and the answer is no i'm sorry he doesn't yeah um one of the big disappointments is the fact that the other gods iman and harry no longer support magna and we see the little you know she's what uh so uh, you know a social influencer now and he's uh you know some sort of olympic athlete uh, or biathlon right was the, his event but and i guess but yeah the, like, you know he, you know magna recruited them to fight this war and as they say to him you told us the war was inevitable so why you know why are you you know going with baby steps now well you know what and i've mentioned this before watching as many international shows as as my wife and i watch you know i've learned that very often it takes too long for shows to get a renewal and then in some cases they finally get that renewal and some of the main actors have already taken other jobs Uh so i wonder if that was the case here well i i don't know i just feel that they're going to be back like we're going to see them well i hope so i hope so um i mean we we have to think that this is all building up to a big climactic battle Right, and you you got to figure it's going to be all hands on deck for for that battle. Right, but why would they, you know, withdraw their support for Magna at this point? Because he's because he's going the wrong direction. Okay, you mean because the legal system rather than yeah, bringing the like hammer down? Right, literally bringing the hammer down. Absolutely. Okay, like they they went. I mean, what's his name? Uh, Harry. Like he he lost his hand. He sacri- like he and he's the one who says we've sacrificed a lot for you and he's right. He literally lost his hand because he got caught in like the door or something or no fewer shoved closed the door on his hand. So they've have they risked a ton breaking in the Udal industries so they could make this hammer. The 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 girls I can't remember the girl's name and uh, you know like two of the people lost their jobs. At the nursery, nursing home, sorry, the retirement community, right? Um, because of the breaking into Udall. So, all these people sacrificed so much for him. And now he's just like, eh, you know, I'm going to try and lawyer him out of it. You know, it's just like, I, I, I agree with, I wholeheartedly agree with their disappointment in him. And I, I guess what's difficult to understand fascinating at one level is that the hammer's power does seem to be going to magnus head a little bit but mm-hmm. it's almost like he doesn't or he's unwilling to i guess throw his brother under the bus and obviously it comes out that he's gonna have to do that but you know i i i, I don't get it and again, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking like, well, it doesn't sound like Dave and Wayne really liked this episode that much. And that would probably yeah. be a fair assessment. I mean, it was enjoyable. 
Yeah. But after Foundation, after Fringe, yeah. I don't even remember what we did before Fringe, but uh, you know, yeah, a little, you know, a little disappointed. It it, it does seem to be a, a drop off there for sure. Um, this first episode, you know, again, I I am hoping that it will you know improve. I wouldn't go so far as to say I, I didn't like it because I don't know. I guess I liked it ish. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I certainly did love it. You know, it just you know the voiceover. There was really not a lot of action, and then all of a sudden, as Alan says, there was. Uh, but then, you know, like a lot of the stuff that Magna does, it just doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I just, it was, I found it a very uneven uh, start to when we've been, you know, it's been two years, right? So, like, really, this is. That shouldn't happen. Years, this right. is what you give us, you know, right, like. Right. And, and there were certainly some great scenes when he tosses the hammer and granted it takes down the town's electric grid but it was still cool and it shows that all right dude's got control of the hammer at this point and that wasn't necessarily the case all the time previously i forget who points it out in their feedback um i think it's alan but it could be fred <laughs> See how I'm committed to that. Um, You you just drove straight ahead. You you made a firm course of action and you went both ways. The uh, Siri uh, episode. I believe Alan was the one. Okay. That that was pretty funny for sure. That was funny. But But the whole thing with uh, the, uh, uh, was it Merit? Marit? Yes. The the electrician. The electrician. I mean, I think. you know, Alan also comments on this. It's like, you know, we we know exactly what's going to happen to her right from the, the minute that she says, okay, I'll work with you. Well, so who who do you think kills her? Uh, I mean, cause, because clearly well, we it's know. a setup. Well, do we know who yeah. specifically? Yeah. Fjord. He said, he said, he tells Ron how invigorating he felt as he killed. oh you're right you're right and 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 i guess what i was going to say i like about that is that whoever and, and it, now that yeah now that it we realize it's fewer um, the fact that he has an electrician die making a basic rookie mistake with a light bulb and it's like you think that's not going to grab anybody's attention that sure hmm I wonder if somebody killed her and, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, it's a pretty poorly done job. And, and as, you know, Magna, I mean, it's like, there's no way you don't have to be an electrician to not die by putting in a light bulb, you know? Right. Um, so it just seems like a very unlikely scenario overall. But again, we know that the Udals are pretty, you know, used to, doing whatever they want to do and getting away with it and not being called to account. Yeah, and it, it, it's something that I, I meant to go back and look at. We know the giants alternate ages. So, for instance, we know in, in this scenario, um, Saxa and Fjord are the children uh, and Ron is the mother, but we know in a previous incarnation the, the, you know, the, the situations were reversed. I guess what bothers me 
about Ron is that she allows Fjord to treat Saxa as he does. And what I was going to say is I don't remember if there was any gender swapping throughout generations that, that, okay, fine. We know that the ages shift, but I don't remember if we ever learned that, that there were gender swaps. Uh, I can't remember that either. So that, you know, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with the standpoint that, that Ron is always female. Saxa is always female. And I'm thinking like, okay, the lawyer says, Hey, I can set one of those internships up for her. Nope. Yeah. She's not interested. Well, she's just super pissed because Ron yeah. basically told Lauritz how they could – well, she gave Lauritz the key to break into Udal Industries and so that they could forge Molnir. So the weapon that they're so scared of basically is – I guess. Has I, been created yeah. because of, of socks. Now, of course, there are reasons behind why she did that and everything. But you know, the point is that they're super pissed at her for that and they're super pissed at Lawrence for helping out too so that's why when he shows up to like move in they're like uh no right the only person you're related to is dead right see ya that's harsh that's cold you know like he brought in all his all his stuff you know that's like that's embarrassing yeah but he burns one bridge too many and you know now is he gonna return home with his luggage between his legs i mean i i guess i mean what what are his options um obviously the uh serpent that that he gave birth to you know back has has grown quite large it actually ate a duck (laughs) <laughs> yeah well we are not impressed <laughs> right it's like it's supposed to swallow the world yeah you know so a duck not necessarily but it's gotten you know pretty big pretty quick because when he threw it in the water it's just a, a little thing so you know. yeah now you know on the one hand it's easy to overlook turid getting married to Eric, who's the, one of their teachers and, you know, all this episode about the wedding dress and, 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 you know, how she's nervous about it and has to sew in the dark. And, you know, I guess once the power comes back on, but I, but I guess we have to believe that that's going to play a role later in the episode. So whether, um, her sons are going to have to make some sort of a decision to save her from you know, Fjord and Ron or whoever, um, I got to believe it's something. You know, they, they wouldn't just throw that storyline out if it wasn't going to come into play later. Because as we said, they're only 30 minutes right. action. I'm making air quotes. Uh, <laughs> and, and that's fine that there wasn't a whole lot of action. Um, I don't know if fine would be the word, but, okay. but I, no, I know what you mean. Like in general, yeah. it doesn't need to be. Bang, 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 action, action, action. Though we've yeah. gotten used to a lot of action in the Foundation series. So again, coming to this from Foundation, where we're, it was just so much going on, so much action, to this where there's very little action at all. Yeah, and, and you know, okay, and we get why Ron and Fjord are treating Saxa as they are. But you wonder if that would be handled the same way in an American show. And what I'm getting at is the collar around her neck. Yeah. Forcing her to kneel. 
I don't know. I mean, that, maybe, I, maybe. I feel like that would not fly in America at all. Yeah. So I, on the one hand, you know, it, it doesn't take me out of the episode, as we've mentioned about different shows. Were, but it did cause me to think that, wow, uh, I don't yeah, – just, just really, I'm not very comfortable with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess because we have so much faith in Saxa – that something is going to happen that she's going to take or retake control. I don't want to say we're fine with it, but. Oh, she's going to, she's going to get hers. Right. Get the vengeance. And (laughs) and we know that. That's the only thing that maybe would make us any, make me at least a little less uncomfortable is the fact that, uh, you know, Fiora's going to pay for this big time. Like she is totally going to get vengeance. And this. and Ron, I I think right. as well. And right. But again, like from your perspective, what you're saying is it's worse seeing the man a male degrade her. Right. Uh, it's not great that the, the the other female joins in, but it's like so much worse that the man is making you know making her wear a collar, making her you know clean his boots. Right. And. And he enjoys it. You know, I, I mean, on the one hand, that whole, you know, it hurts me more than it hurts you or whatever, you, you know, when, when a parent punishes his child or, or anybody has to dole out punishment, when it's done with the understanding that there have to be consequences for action, actions, okay, fine. But then to actually enjoy punishing that person which it certainly seems as if Fior does and and it maybe goes back to what he says you were always uh vidar's favorite and that's true he was vidar was really grooming her to take uh-huh. over well because she's the one that's more capable right right that, that's that's why so right. yeah right so you know Fior confronts laurits about you know magna using the hammer because we know the hammer was used and, and I can't remember if they understand that it was the hammer throw that knocks out part of the mountain, which then fell on the power grid. I don't know if they know that much or if they just sense that the hammer was used regardless. They're not happy with Lawrence. Again, we get one of those great scenes and there are a few of them when Magna storms in time to die giant yeah and you know he's got the hammer throws him around like a rag dial and then you know there's a little bit of justice because fior and ron are forced to kneel before him as saxa is watching from up above and and you know later in the scene after magna leaves she pretends like oh what happened uh, no i didn't hear anything <laughs> Like, yeah, okay. that's like, I mean, obviously you're not going to have him kill them right then and there, but like, it seems like if he's worked up and he's got Molnir, this would be a perfect time to take the giants out, but yeah, like he doesn't. So. Right. And you know, they're, they're pretty worried and she's like, well, you know, I, I can help, but it's kind of hard to help with this collar on. Yeah. And you know, that's you know now how she's going to help we're not sure and you know one of the things we haven't talked about the uh coupling that 
apparently took place at the end of last season between her yes. and Magna. Uh-huh. And that doesn't come up at all in this episode, which I found a little strange because that was kind of a big deal at the end of season two. Yeah. But was it like, didn't she just do that to like kind of delay him so that they could kill Lawrence? Or well, yeah, but I mean, I think like at that. the time we talked about how we were almost certain that, oh, she's going to turn up pregnant. And then it's like, right. okay, so she's going to be pregnant with a half giant, half God child and that not even mentioned. Right. So, and, and I guess you could argue, well, how would it have come up? Because I don't think I don't think Ron and Fuhr know that it happened. I don't think that they no, because like while right. she was there, they were going to get Lawrence, right? Right. So, you know. And then, you know, I mean there's that, that great scene from the end of season two where he just shows up and throws Molnir at their car and like slices it in half and everything. See, that stuff is cool. We didn't see anything like that in this episode. There's well, no cars being sliced in half with a you know mighty hammer. Well, we saw him use the mighty hammer to scare a couple ravens away. Something the lions weren't able to do yesterday. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was that was quite the game. You know, so thirty minute episode. I don't know what else that you want to bring up. Well, I mean, Lawrence and his behavior towards his mom, you know, like he just does not treat her with any kind of respect. He tells her she looks like a meringue, you know, from the dress that she is, you know, working hard on making herself. Like, what an a-hole, you know? Like, now, like, I wonder whether that was a reference to a movie that I know you've seen multiple times Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh yeah, Andy McDowell doesn't she does it somewhere something comes up about a meringue. Uh, I think really? she, I think uh, Hugh Grant is with her and she's looking at wedding dresses, and one of the ones she comes out and I think somebody mentions looking like a meringue. I don't <laughs> remember. Mary would remember, but yeah, yeah, I, I I do not remember that per se, but that is a very good movie. So, um, yeah, but but yeah, but you know, like just. You know, we again. This is a dramatic irony here because we know, as you said before, that Lawrence is probably really not worth protecting. Uh, but Manya is literally you know, going pretty much going to the mat for his brother, though he can't resist the call of Molnir, right? Right. Um, there's just no way he's going to put that on the shelf and just leave it there. He can't. He, it's just forcing him to take it out and play with it and everything. But uh, but yeah, like you know, we know we know that the, the, this big serpent that uh, Lawrence is you know grooming is meant to to kill Manya. That's the only point of it. So again, we're you know, Lawrence is always kind of on and off and and, and everything, but uh, clearly, you know, the what we see Manya is just ridiculous. How much he's you know, trying to protect the brother who is actively working to kill him. I guess then our question is, why is it simply for their mother? Well, right. Well, I, I think Manya has a genuine affection for Lawrence. He's, he's too, I don't know, gentle-hearted. Is that 
the word to like see, right? He doesn't see the duplicity. Yeah. You know, is it that he doesn't see it or he, he just refuses to acknowledge it? Or is that the one and the same? Uh, well, the one is he doesn't see it at all. And the other one he sees, but ignores. So it's that that's a good question. Which is it? I tend to think he just can't see it, that he thinks that they're brothers and therefore his brother loves him. He loves his brother just because they are brothers and that's the end of it. Um, but but you're right. He's he's experienced some of the duplicity too, and he just kind of blows it off. So maybe a little of both. Are there any stakes in this show? Is anybody going to die? Oh yeah. Any maybe everyone? Maybe everyone. Well, it's the end of the world, right? So, if I had to say one person that I would put money on would be their mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I think the easy way to go would be to say, oh, Fjord and Ron are definitely going to get killed. But I I don't know that that really bothers us very much the way. Well, yeah, no. The way their mother and, and, and yeah, are they going to go that route? Maybe. I mean, I, I think so. I think that is going to be like the, the then the point at, at which we'll either make or break this. We'll probably break yeah. because we, you know, I mean, Loki's got to side with the giant. Loki's got to fight Thor. So will she get killed before or after she gets married? I would say like, you know, I mean, the the cruelest thing they could do is to do it like maybe like during the the wedding, which as much as they're building it up, like the, you know, like, you know, something's going to happen at the wedding. Cause why, why would they make such a big deal? Who I mean, like, I'm not saying who cares she's getting married, but it's not like an important detail per se. Like it's not really necessary to the story, but obviously it is necessary to the story. So they're setting up for the wedding at which something big is going to happen, which might be the death of the bride. Well, Lawrence, have the gall to invite his giant family to the wedding? I get, yes, and, for sure. And would they actually show up? That's a good question. All right. Anyway, <laughs> what else? Well, this is like that, like that training scene from Rocky with like you know Manya running up the mountain with a hammer and everything. Like, uh, I think that's probably it. I think it was not my favorite episode of of uh ragnarok or or of anything um but i am looking forward to improvement so i'm hoping so all right well, let's go ahead and get to listener feedback and we'll be right back hello dave and wayne and all listeners to sci-fi tv rewatch this is fred from the netherlands with some feedback for ragnarok season three episode one Whoa, this is quite a mind switch, coming from Foundation and now Ragnarok. I think the episode starts quite dark and there is a whole kind of dark blanket over the whole episode. Quite a different atmosphere than Foundation. And I even think different from the ending of Season 2. Of course there is a big voiceover in the beginning and some way along as well I think. I know that Wayne is not such a fan of voiceovers and, well, 
sometimes it's okay for me. Uh, it 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 made it possible that I didn't have to watch the previous season again or the last episode of season two. It introduced me back into the story, and in that way, it was good. First off, last week I saw in the corners of my eye that my wife was watching a Norwegian series called Frickiant, and I saw there the same actress that plays Ren here in Ragnarok, together in a scene with Nikolai Clive Broach, who plays Lars Haaland in Be Foreigners. It is a series about a successful businessman in Asia that comes back to his Norwegian hometown to save an important local firm, despite it being 20 years since he was sentenced and later acquitted for the murder of his high school sweetheart. Could be something for you, Dave. As said, my wife is watching it and not me, so I cannot judge it myself. I don't know what to think of the combination of Old Norse mythology and modern age young people. It's so intertwined that it's actually weird. It's not confusing, it's quite clear, but it's it's really weird. And on the other hand, that's perhaps the charm of it. I have seen the title, spoiler alert, of the last episode of this season and series, and that's called Ragnarok. Well, if you look into Norse mythology, the Ragnarok is the big final fight between the giants and the gods. So, more or less, knowing that that is coming, I really wonder how they will stretch out the story towards that in five episodes. I hope it will be interesting and not too tedious. Okay, that will be all for now. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Hello Dave, Wayne and everyone listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about Ragnarok. Series 3, Episode 1, War is Over. But first, what I'm watching. I finally finished Manifest. I think I must be about 70, 80 episodes. Anyway, I finished Season 4. I was pretty happy with the finale. I'm not really sure how it could have ended any other way, and the various tying up of the loose ends, and luckily pretty much everyone ended up with whom or where they wanted to be. I actually liked the penultimate episode even more, where they were all gathering together at that uh, campsite, preparing to face their likely fate. That part actually reminded me of something from another awesome uh, set of books, called Proxima and Ultima by Stephen Baxter. That would make a great series. Lots of uh, jumping through dimensions and timing in that one. I bet the people who made Dark would do it justice. Although, maybe Foundation would be a closer fit. Ragnarok. War is over. Uh, It actually feels a bit strange to be commenting on Ragnarok after watching seasons one and two and with uh, Dave and Wayne's commentary all that time. In fact, it starts with a bit too much commentary, for my liking, and time seems to have moved on somewhat from the end of season two, but there was a lot of explanation of all that. The title, War is Over, and of course I'm thinking, If You Want It, from John Lennon's Very Merry Christmas. Do they really want it to be over? I'm not sure. Wotan's definitely not in favour of the uneasy peace, 
and neither really are Magna's little group. Terrible to see Saxo reduced to that servitude as punishment, polishing the shoes of a brother, or whatever he is. But you can feel she's not going to put up with that for too much longer. Just like Magna's not going to be able to leave Molnir alone. I actually thought uh, Magna had generated more lightning, which had hit the power to the town. But actually, he just dropped the most enormous boulder ever, struck my Mjolnir straight onto the electrical substation. I couldn't remember who that girl was in Magna's house when he was talking with Loritz, but he did strike up a friendship with someone from that cafe in the previous season. So maybe that was her. And I didn't go back to rewatch it just to find that out. I love the bit where Siri fails Magna, so Wotan suggests a raven, which apparently works much better and straight away. Magna's relationship with Loritz is the very definition of complicated. As soon as that appointment was made, I knew Marit's days were numbered, but didn't expect it uh, quite that soon. Then I was thinking, did Wotan take out Marit so that Magna had to go full hammer time? Or was it Loritz because Fior was threatening him? It was odd that Fior and Ran seemed to be so uh, helpless cowering before Mjolnir. They must really believe that thing can take them out. But Magna isn't invulnerable and they could have tried to attack him. And now, of course, Ran's look, stature, bearing, even her face, remind me a lot of Demersal from Foundation. By the end of the episode, we find it really was Fjord that killed Merritt. He has some poker face, that guy. Loritz did pick a side, uh, but that didn't work out, so now he's on his own. Apart, of course, from the giant worm. It seemed to me that in seasons uh, one and two, there were whole episodes where nothing much really seemed to happen, and this one went straight from naught to 60 really quickly. I guess they need to get a move on to complete the whole arc by the end of these six episodes. Anyway, nice to see Magna and the gang uh, back at it. Take care. Alan from England. All right, why don't we go ahead and start with Fred in the Netherlands. Um, Fred, I'm going to definitely look into that show that you mentioned your wife is watching. I think I've run across it on that uh, Scandinavian streaming service that that we have uh, called Viaplay. I think the English translation is acquitted, which certainly right up our wheelhouse, these crime shows. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Gosh, Fred said something. Now I forgot. You and I talked a little bit about at the beginning, something he said that I wanted to mention. I didn't write it down. Well, he had he had talked about how Ragnarok is oh, like right. the end of everything, right? right. And that the, the snake is an integral part. And I'm like, well, yeah, I know that because uh, I saw the Thor Ragnarok movie and I watched the Almighty Johnson. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty well versed in Norse mythology now. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else about Fred before we get to Alan in England? Um, he, I think Fred had said that the beginning was like kind of like a dark blanket. And I'd like to amend that saying I felt it was like a wet blanket. <laughs> nice. Saying we have here in the States. All right. Yeah. All right. Now, Alan mentions the Siri scene that, uh, you know, fails Magna and, and uh, Wotan's like, well, why don't you use the Ravens? Yeah. And of course, that's. A successful way to go he mentions it's really tough to watch saxa and uh, as i mentioned for me she's been my f- 
one of my favorite characters for for sure. He he mentions that uh, the pace is fairly quick, which you know we waited long enough. Uh, glad they're not messing around, and and you know while you know as you point out, there's no not a whole lot of action per se. You, you know, there's got to be. I mean, you know, there's got to be some fisticuffs, some hammer throwing, some sure. dagger throwing. Uh, what did the giants throw? Axes? Isn't that what they were throwing it, at the uh, target? Spears, javelins, maybe? No, I forget axes. what it was. Yeah. I think they had they were throwing axes into oh, the wall. Oh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. But, right, 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 right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Again, you not know, to I be- just want to see uh, Manya walk in the room and say, "Stop, hammer time." <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? Maybe he That'd would. Be cool. Yeah. So they've we'll got see. MC Hammer over there. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Well, Alan, well done in finishing Manifest. That is a big commitment, and you did it, brother. Good work. You know, you mentioned I, and I. I did obviously. Everyone knows the John Lennon song. Uh, you know the Christmas song. Um, and war is over if they want it. And I think, well, you know, there's not a lot of people who seem to, like, not want war here. It seems like we're probably – obviously, we're heading towards that. There's going to be a big dust-up at the end, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, I think that's that's all I got. Okay. All right. So, Fred, Alan, thank you. I hesitate to ask your grade. Uh, I think yours might even be higher than mine this time. So why don't you go first? I think I'm going to give it a C. All right. I, I was going to go C plus. So, okay. Um, I can see that. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with C. I've never given anyone a C, so I'm going to go with that just so I can try to even out my, uh, my grading a little bit. There's a discussion in the Facebook group. Again, I forget which, which uh, story or, you know, which thread it's in, but, but, uh, I, I'm asked about my grading. Uh, I must have been one of the Allens last week. Uh, gave it a B, and we we were surprised that it was that low. And and you know, I I explained in my response that the school at which I taught and you still teach is. I mean, there's no way around it. I mean, it's certainly one of the highest achieving schools in the state, and yeah. you know, it makes a lot of the top. 100 or 200 lists in the country so you know if a kid gets a b we're pretty much getting an email from the parent and a c we're probably in a parent conference with one of the administrators c's are beyond the pale yes so and you know is that an exaggeration Eh, not really i mean not really It's not an exaggeration at all. David. Yeah. Not, so then, not even a little bit. So then, are you know we or me in this case guilty of grade inflation? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but yeah. Well, that's why I'm I'm, I'm nailing Ragnarok here. I see an inferior episode for sure, and make sure I, I let them know with the with the grade that in Clarksville is all but a failing grade. And uh, and hopefully we'll see improvement. Yep. Of course, the other episodes are already made so it's not like they're gonna say oh damn it wayne gave us a c on the first one let's go back to the script for episode two well i think lost girl responded with a a better episode after we gave him a i think it may be a b minus one time but yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. all right so that's a good place to end 
that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Ragnarok, Foundation, anything going on in your genre world. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can reach us. We'll be back next week to talk about Season 3, Episode 2 of the Netflix series Ragnarok. But until then... You know, Dave, I don't, I don't mind that we're kind of resetting our grading parameters here because really for today, I think it's the best result we've had in five years.